the Braves Craze Podcast with your host, the Braves Doctor. What's up, Braves country? Welcome to the Braves Craze Podcast for the week of August 19th. It's Monday afternoon. I'm actually coming to you from my studio looking in my car today because I'm driving actually to watch the Mississippi Braves in a little double-A action this evening. Uh, we're coming off a week where we beat the Dodgers two out of three, so that's a great great start to the week for this coming week, a great way to finish last week. And also we beat the Mets two out of three, so the week we won four games out of six against two quality opponents. Uh, I want to talk about a few things this week, but starting with the Ron Lacuna situation uh, that we all saw yesterday. So, as you know, Brian Snicker decided to pull Ron Lacuna from the game with the Dodgers yesterday on Sunday in the middle to early innings of the game because he had a long fly ball to right field that Ronald thought was gone, and it wasn't gone. It fell off the wall. Uh, as you know, Max Free was on second base and only advanced to third, and then Ronald uh, got to first base. So it was a long, long single. Uh, you know, my first thought was Max was at second base. I wasn't sure if Ronald just couldn't get to, to second because he was waiting on Max to advance, and Max had to hold up because you really couldn't see that from watching TV. But after watching the replay, it was pretty apparent Ronald kind of admired the, the long blast to right that he hit, took his back with him part of the way down the line and just didn't really run it out. And then when he realized uh, – it wasn't gone. He was stuck at first, and Max was stuck at third. So you kind of give Max a pass a little. He's a pitcher. Uh, he's not used to running the bases. Uh, you know, he wasn't sure if it might get caught or not. Uh, but Ronald's got to know better than that. And, 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 you know, I think Brian sent a message to him and probably a few of the other teammates this year because I haven't seen uh, Hustle and some of the other guys when they, they, they go to first and uh, don't run out some ground balls, don't run out some, some long fly balls. So, you know, this is a message that's probably been coming. I think Brian kind of watched Ronald a few times, look at the home runs, and, and Ronald's getting kind of bad about that. He will kind of admire the shots and do a little backflip. And, you know, today's baseball has changed some. Back when I used to watch in the 80s and 90s, back when I played some baseball back in the day, you know, a backflip and, and admire a home run gets you plumped. I mean, you're going to get knocked down or a little worse next time you come up. And, that still may happen from time to time today, but, you know, it's changed a bit. A lot of guys will admire the home runs and get the backflip, the Jose Bautista-inspired backflip from a few years ago. And Ronald's been able to do that, too. You know, I don't think Ronald's a bad kid by any means. I mean, he's obviously a guy that I love to watch play and, and think the world of on the field and off the field, too. Uh, I just think Ronald's a kid. He's young, and, and, and I think Brian wants to nip this in the bud before it gets out of control. And it was kind of getting to that point. So uh, if you heard Ronald's post-game comments, he said what you need to hear. Uh, he said he made a mistake. He said he messed up. Uh, you know, he shouldn't have done what he did. He did admit to it and, and, and supported his manager's decision. So, you know, he took it like a man. He manned up and, 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 and said the right thing. And hopefully this makes this a good situation going forth and not a bad one. But, uh, you know, I, it was a tough time, man. You're playing the Dodgers. Probably the biggest series of the year to date. And, uh, you know, Ronald hit a ball that was a, a well-struck ball, but it kind of died out there and, you know, didn't run it out. And Brian chose that time to make his statement. And, and you know, it worked, honestly, because, you know, 
uh, Rafael Ortega, who ended up moving to center field and staying in the game in the outfield uh, in Ronald's place in center, ended up hitting the, the, the winning uh, grand slam late in the game to give the Braves the lead, which they ultimately held to win the game. So, you know, kudos to Brian Snicker. I hope Ronald Acuna takes this and, and, and learns from it. I think he will. He's too good of a player, too good of a kid not to do that. But, uh, you know, interesting too, interesting time for the Braves, interesting move that Ronald made doing this series to do that with. Welcome back to the Braves Craze Podcast. Uh, this will be our second segment of the day. Uh, I want to talk about the injuries, the outfield, and the lineup now for the Braves and where we kind of stand with all that. Uh, as you know, this weekend we lost Ender Enciarte to a hamstring injury. He was running the bases and, and pulled up and actually still scored, which was a very courageous thing. But uh, Ender is, is now lost for somewhere to four to six weeks which essentially ends his regular season and, and makes him kind of in the Nick Marcakis bandwagon where uh, both those guys are going to miss more than likely the regular season and, and hope to be on the playoff roster. Although that leads a very difficult decision where you have two guys who haven't really played uh, at all for a while come in and start in the playoffs and even be on the roster. So we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. But certainly Ender Enciarte now gone along with Nick Marcakis for the year. Uh, and maybe, maybe not, maybe back in the playoffs, but for the year. Uh, Austin Riley, who's been nursing a knee injury on the I.L., uh, haven't really heard a timetable on him. Uh, and then we're still missing Dansby Swanson, uh, who, who is amping up some activities, but still is not clear when he can return to the lineup. Uh, so uh, when Ender was injured, the Braves had just sent out Johan Camargo and Adam Duvall to, to AAA Gwinnett. Uh, they promptly called back up Adam Duvall the lineup uh, the team. We had a home run the next day when he came back up. But Adam clearly struggled after being red hot coming in. Uh, we certainly have Matt Joyce, who's played very well for us out in the outfield. Uh, you know, Matt's been a good pinch hitter all year, and, and actually when he started, has played very well for the Braves in the outfield, too. So Matt's been a nice option from the left-hand side out there. Uh, can always go with Charlie Culberson, uh, who was one of our premier pinch hitters and clutch guys. But Charlie of late has not played that well in a starting role. And then the Braves did call up journeyman Rafael Ortega from Gwinnett, who had played well there and honestly has had a couple of huge hits in Atlanta, including that game-winning grand slam uh, this past Sunday against the Dodgers. So the Braves outfield now looks like it's Ronald Acuna and, and a bunch of makeshift guys uh, from Adam Duvall to, to Matt Joyce. And wait, breaking news, uh, just across my phone, the Braves have, have signed – uh, outfielder Billy Hamilton on waivers from Kansas City. So uh, that's a that's a that's a myth gun there, I believe. Billy Hamilton, most of you are familiar with Billy uh, as I am, is one of the fastest uh, players to come to the majors in, in the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, had some record minor league steals. Uh, he's a guy who can't put the ball in play. Hadn't hit a lot though. Uh, you know, he's got to get on base. But maybe Kevin Seitzer brings him in here and teaches him how to get the ball in, on the ground and gets him on base. If he can get on base. It can wreak havoc on the base pass. So, uh, plus defender as well with that speed and, and obviously a great base there. So, Billy Hamilton's the newest brave, and I, I, I'm kind of liking this move. Uh, you know, we're through in the outfield, and Billy can really, really help us. But, again, Billy's got to get the ball on the ground and, and get on base to help the Braves, and maybe he can do just that. So, kudos to the Braves for taking a shot with Billy Hamilton. 
uh, coming in and we, we add some serious speed to that outfield, whether, no matter what his role may be, uh, pitch running, some starts, uh, some defensive subbing, I don't know. I, I kind of guess Billy might get to play some because we are thin, and, and you know, I do like the, the move here picking up Billy Hamilton. Uh, mentioned Dansby Swanson still being out, so that's really hurt us. We did pick up a Danny Echeverria uh, recently to play infield, and you probably remember him from the Marlins days. Uh, very good defensive player, uh, light-hitting shortstop, but a good defender. So he's come in with us now. I had a couple of hits as well this weekend to, to help us out. But, you know, uh, Danny's going to be playing shortstop for us apparently until Dansby gets back, and that certainly probably gives us an upgrade in defense uh, over Culberson and Camargo. And, man, the Camargo thing is just really maddening to me too. Uh, I'll go into that in a second. But the lineup, let's talk about that a second now. You know, our top four guys – I tell you what, Acuna, Albies, Freeman, and Donaldson, one through four for the Braves. I don't know of a better one through four in baseball, the majors, than that. I'd, I'd take that over anybody I've seen in the majors anywhere in the first four slots. And those guys are absolutely murderers row from one through four. Acuna and Albies are just killing it. Ozzy in particular of late has just been incredible. It continues to just destroy that thing to pitch it from the right side while getting better from the left side against the righty. So, you know, Ozzy's incredible. We all know about Ryan and what he's doing with the 35 homers leading the league in steals. I'm also understanding now he leads the league in singles this year, too. So he's getting on base really well. Uh, Freddie Freeman just keeps on being Freddie Freeman. Uh, You know, I think the most unheralded superstar in baseball. Uh, No one talks about Freddie, but every year Freddie's right there. I think he's also one of the top five hitters, just pure hitters in the league right now. Just a great, great player and a great hitter. And, man, Josh Donaldson, you know, it, I made it known I wasn't a, a huge fan of this signing when it happened because of Camargo here and because of Riley Wade and AAA and that happened. But Josh Donaldson has been really, really good this year. And he's right at 26, 27 homers. And that light tower power, man, that right field just – towering right field power and right center he gets that ball out there. It's just so impressive and fun to watch. So those four guys, there's anybody. Brian McCann's now dropped into the fifth spot. And Brian's tailed off of late some, but he's still having a pretty good year. But remember when we were so good, when, when, when the resurgence of this offense happened and we were just really scoring runs at will, Brian was batting seventh. Uh, we had that fifth slot was Nick Markakis, who's steady Eddie uh, in the sixth hole. Uh, was Austin Riley uh, when he came up and was just raking as well. Mack was seventh, and then either Dansby or Ozzy was hitting eighth at that point in time. I think it was Ozzy at that point in time. Dansby was in the two-hole. And we just had a, a, a murderous lineup for opponents to see. I line up now with, with Mack six or Mack five, uh, and then a combination of Duvall, Ortega, uh, Hechevarria, those guys in the, in the six, seven, and eight spots. You know, it's just not the same lineup right now. Now, to their credit, they came through this weekend. Wally with, with Ortega playing wonderful, great there. But lineup's different right now. So we're having to do some different things and, and piece it together. And that concerns me going forward. We need to get healthy. Uh, it'd be great to get Austin Riley back up here and, and get him right again and, and hitting the ball like he was in midseason when he came up and was so good. Uh, that, that, to me, stretched the lineup out so much and made us a much better offensive team. Uh, Adam Duvall got hot for a while, but, again, he's tailed off some. But maybe he can get back going. Uh, but, again, a different team right now. But, man, those first four are carrying us through. And, you know, 
It does scare me in the playoffs, though. The first four or five guys don't get it done. Um, there's a lot of no-name guys down in that six through eight slot we're relying on right now. And, you know, again, I think it's really important to get healthy come October for the playoffs. Uh, I want to mention Camargo again real quick. You know, watching Johan struggle this weekend at shortstop defensively, he hasn't hit much at all. You know, I've made it very clear I love Johan Camargo. And I also made it clear that I think Brian Snicker's done a great job with this team for the last three years. I will say, though, I think we have kind of made Johan Camargo what he was this year by not getting him regular at bats and playing time. I mean, the guy last year was our best hitter down the stretch, other than Ronald Pena. He carried us last year, second half of the season. He was a great third baseman, played some short. Uh, we did not get him at bats. He got a little bit complacent, got out of sync on the swings from both sides. Got a sink on defense. And, and you know, Johan's, Johan's put on a little bit of weight. He's put on some muscle. His range is not what it once was in, in shortstop, but I still think he would be a plus defender. I think he may be a gold glove third baseman defensive-wise. So I really hope for Johan's sake he goes down to AAA and gets some at-bats and, and gets right and we get him back up here. Because right now he can help us on the outfield. You know, the bats out there, uh, you know, have not been there other than Acuna with these new guys. You know, Ortega's been great, but – I don't think we can expect Ortega to be that guy all year. If he is, that's great. But I would like to see Johan get some at-bats and, and start, starts in left field or right field uh, going forward if we can get him back up here and get him right. So uh, that's my take on the, the lineup. And, again, I, I want to get some people well, and I think we'll be okay from time October. All right, so welcome back to the Braves Craze podcast. In this last segment, I'm going to discuss one of my favorite things to talk about, and that's the minor leagues. Uh, I made a trip last night to Pearl, Mississippi, to watch the doubleheader between the Mississippi Braves and the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Uh, game one, when I got there, the Braves were being no hit with a, in a scoreless game, and late in the game, infielder Riley Unruh hit a solo home run for the Braves to give them a one nothing win. And then in game two, uh, not so good of luck, Braves dropped that one 4-2 to two, uh, in a closely contested game, but they did drop a 4-2 contest. So I want to talk about a few things uh, that may have happened in the game. But first, uh, let me mention that going to Mississippi this year and watching the double-A team was a big treat all year. But in particular, for the first two-thirds of the year, we had three of the top, well, the, the top three prospects there uh, in the system. Uh, Christian Pache who is our number one overall prospect, outfielder, uh, spent the first two-thirds of the year there. Drew Waters, who was considered to be a top-five prospect to begin the year and ended up being number two overall, was also there, an outfielder. And then Ian Anderson, who is our consensus top-pitching prospect, just ahead of Kyle Wright, also started the year there and spent a good bit of the year in Pearl, Mississippi. Uh, those three guys, along with Tucker Davidson, have just been called up in the last couple of weeks to Gwinnett. They're now uh, at AAA, so that means they're one step from, from, the, from the big show, which is good. Uh, but some of the luster of the AA team may have kind of gone away with those three and actually four guys being called up. So uh, going there tonight was a, was a fun thing, but I know the, the attendance has kind of suffered a little bit lately. And uh, But there still are some really good prospects in Pearl, which I'll tell you about in just a second. I first wanted to mention the other guy, though, that got called up. I mean, everybody knows about Pache. Waters and Anderson, but who's Tucker Davidson was one of the questions people have asked, and 
you know, I'll be honest, I didn't know a ton about Tucker Davidson until a few weeks ago. Uh, but you look at the guy, he was a 19th-round draft pick uh, a couple years ago, uh, a left-handed pitcher with good velocity. He led the Southern League this year for the most part from, from start to finish in ERA as a starting pitcher. ERA was just over two in the Southern League. Uh, reports are he throws mid to high 90s with a fastball from the left side. So this is a guy who has developed and come along uh, through our system and become, you know, from a guy who was not really on the radar to a top 15, maybe even a top 10 pitching prospect all of a sudden out of nowhere. So, you know, I think Tucker Davidson is the guy we need to start looking at and, and seeing as a potential guy to come to our rotation or the bullpen one in Atlanta in the, new, in the near future. Uh, I believe he's 23 years old, so he's not a kid, um, but still still has time to grow. But I think this is a guy that the radar uh, will be moving towards now more and more, especially if he goes up to Gwinnett and, and continues to pitch well and effectively like he did in double-A this year. So uh, pretty excited about this guy. And the more I read and, and, and talk about him and hear, uh, the more of a prospect you really realize that this young man, Tucker Davidson, is. So Back to who's the, now now down in Pearl, still playing. I'm referring to Pearl as the Mississippi Braves. It's Pearl, Mississippi, near Jackson. Um, you know, we still have William Contreras, uh, one of the top two catching prospects uh, in our organization there. You know, he was a consensus top guy until recently when Shea Langoliers was drafted in the first round by the Braves this year. But Contreras is still a top ten guy in most everyone's list. MLB.com, I believe, has him at seven or eight, one or the other. Uh, Langoliers was all the way up to four or five, I believe, in, in the list. So, uh, you know, Contreras is still a, a, a good, good catching prospect, and it's a guy I'm excited about. So he started game one for us. Uh, didn't get a hit, but, but you know, we, I think the Braves had one hit before they won the game, so not a lot of hitting in that first game. Did not play in the second game, but but he is uh, a guy I do believe has a good future in Atlanta, and hopefully sometime mid-next year or so you may see William and or Langoliers uh, get a look in Atlanta. Uh, so that, that's that's nice to have William Contreras there. Uh, another guy that, that's talked about is Kyle Muller. He is still uh, on the double-A the, the roster uh, in Pearl, so he is also a, a top 10 or so left-handed pitching prospect. Uh, reportedly, he and Joey Wentz were roommates and best friends, and Joey was one of the young men we traded in the, uh, the trade to Detroit uh, for Shane Green. So, you know, having Kyle Muller still there, I do think Kyle was the better of the two prospects between himself and uh, Joey Wentz, but having Kyle there is still a really good thing. Uh, expect good things out of Kyle going forth. Uh, some other guys there that, that to note, Braden Shoemake, uh, the first-round draft pick by the Braves this year in this draft, was recently promoted uh, quickly, That, that for sure that is, from single-A Rome, I believe, to double-A, and he did start both games at shortstop. Uh, Braden did not get a hit uh, in the game of but, again, looked really, really smooth in the field. Had a couple of nice plays. Uh, one play with a drawn-in infield, he, he snagged a, a hard ground ball and threw the plate, and, and the catcher did not actually feel the ball cleanly, but nearly made a play at the plate that was probably one that would, would not want to be made. He made a good play on that. And, again, looked really good in the field. Uh, the swing looked really smooth from the left side, too. I mean, I was impressed with what I saw. Again, not a lot of results hitting the ball yet, but he certainly uh, – Look like he belonged there, and I do think he will be a guy that, that improves and gets better and better. Uh, and he was kind of ahead of the game being a college player, I think, when he was drafted. So, uh, Braden Shoemake, again, uh, is in double-A playing shortstop. Assuming he'll move around the diamond a little bit and play some infield in other places. 
a uh, tall, lanky kid, too. Uh, he's a little taller than I thought he'd be, so kind of nice to see him uh, on the field and see what he looked like. And, again, I came away, even though he didn't get a hit, pretty impressed with what I saw uh, out of Mr. Shoemaker. Uh, a couple other guys to, to talk about, uh, Grayson Janitza, Janitza uh, who was a top 15 outfield prospect for the Braves, played left field uh, for the Braves in the second game last night, for sure. And, and again, um, didn't do a lot of the plate, but big, tall, strong guy, left-handed batter, um, looks to be a prospect for the Braves and, and a guy that's going to be strong and, and have some power. Um, and then another guy I wanted to mention, you know, I sent the guy to hit a home run to win the first game, Riley Unruh. Uh, not a guy that's really on a prospect list, but I believe that young man is 23 years old. Uh, and I've seen him play a few times this year and, you know, wasn't really sure a lot about the guy, but he's a guy, the more I watch him, the more he kind of impresses me. Uh, again, not really a prospect. He's not that big of a guy. Uh, his average was mid-270s, 275, 276 in double-A this year. Only has three, four home runs for the for the Embraves, but uh, just does a lot of good things. I mean, I, I think this could be a guy you look at long term as a utility player. Uh, he played third base last night, but I, I do think he's played some second this year. So, uh, you know, that's a name to kind of think about when you look at guys for the Braves and potentially having guys that are utility players to come up and help some uh, at some point would be uh, uh, Riley Unruh. Uh, and the last guy I'll mention, and again, not a guy on the prospect list, but I've read his name before as a pitcher, is a young man named Jason Creasy. Uh, he's been closing for the double-A team. I don't think he's necessarily that young, uh, but I, I was impressed with the velocity he came in, in in the game. In the second game, I was hitting 94, 95 consistently, and the mitt was really popping. Uh, you know, he, he, his breaking stuff looked a little uh, off. His control wasn't great with the breaking stuff, and he was throwing the fastball for strikes, and overmatching many of the hitters uh, that were coming up there against him. So I was pretty impressed with him uh, at the end of the game last night. He did give up a run, I believe, uh, but that fastball velocity was was real, and I think it's a good translate to the next level. So, again, thanks for listening today to the podcast. That's going to be all for today. I, I do encourage you to follow me on Twitter. It's at Dr. Braves. That's at Dr. Braves. And also, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again. Have a great week and go Braves.